This is the Maternity Matters podcast from Riley Children's Health. Discussions to help you along the journey from the first trimester to your child's first year. Hello everyone, Gabby Reith-Miller here, a journalist with Riley Children's Health. Today, we're diving into the topic of pregnancy at the age of 35 and older, and what that means if you're going through that phase in your life. We're gonna be joined by Dr. Amanda Underwood, who is going to be the lead laborist in the Riley Maternity Tower. So she's gonna give us a rundown of what moms in this category should be thinking about, ways to ensure the best possible outcome. So let's get right into it. Thank you so much for being here today. Could you give us a little like rundown summary of what you do with moms and and the care that you provide? Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. So um, I'm Amanda Underwood. I'm a general OBGYN um, and in my current practice, I practice sort of full spectrum obstetrics and gynecology care, though I'm transitioning over, as was mentioned, into the lead laborist role, which means I'll just be providing hospital-based care for our pregnant um, moms at the new mother-baby unit. And so I have experience in taking care of women both uh, before pregnancy, uh, within pregnancy for both uncomplicated and complicated pregnancies, including those um, complicated by age alone over the age of 35, and then caring for moms as well during, um, you know, during their labor course and uh, postpartum period as well. That's great. And so I do want to just start off by discussing the fact that more and more women are waiting until they're in their 30s, mid 30s, late 30s uh, to start thinking about having kids. So what are you seeing as you interact with patients? Is that a trend that you've noticed yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, we I think there are lots of schools of thought on uh, why that may be. Uh, I think some of the some of the reasons that um, we we've hypothesized that this may be the case is that we see that the population of women between the ages of 35 and 45, which are still you know reproductive age, is expanding overall. Things like delay in marriage contribute to that. Um, people moving on to second marriages, uh, having a, access to better contraceptive methods to delay pregnancy until patients are ready to do that. Um, And then also increasing opportunities for things like further education and career advancement are are other things that play into people's decision-making about when they may be ready to start a family. When we do actually like survey studies asking, asking people who may be interested in pregnancy in the future what their reasons are for delaying pregnancy, those women cite things like a desire to achieve either their career or educational or financial and personal goals before planning a pregnancy, as well as wanting to be in, uh, you know, a, a stable marital relationship or some, some future oriented goal that they identify for themselves in their life. Yeah. And there's so much information out there about what it means to become pregnant after a certain age. So I want to start off with just this question. What is the biggest myth that you've heard when it comes to uh, starting your family at that age? Uh, Perhaps just information that's out there that's incorrect that you want to dispel. Yeah. I think probably the biggest thing that I see patients coming to me asking about in that situation is just concerns that 
this misperception that you, you can't get pregnant or it will be so much harder to get pregnant after the age of 35 or that you need some type of special fertility testing or fertility treatments to make it happen. And certainly, you know, we know that fertility declines um, sort of in a linear fashion rather than, you know, you hit a certain age and all of a sudden it's just not possible. So uh, though, though it is true that women over the age of 35 may experience some increased struggles or increased challenges in getting pregnant, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything special you need to do for testing beforehand or um, that you'll definitely need any sort of, you know, treatment or assistance in getting pregnant. Yeah. And if someone is listening to this and starting to think about trying to get pregnant at the age of 35 or older, what can they do to prepare in the best way possible? Does that mean screenings or meeting with an OBGYN before beginning that process? I think the biggest thing that I always stress to people is that really just putting yourself in an, like a, a position where you're overall as healthy as you could be is the most important. So I really try to stress the importance of healthy lifestyle habits, like adhering to a well-balanced diet um, that avoids you know, processed foods and those things that we know contribute to poor health, as well as trying to adhere to some sort of routine physical activity um, regimen. We know that meeting a goal of 150 minutes of strenuous physical activity a week has long-term benefits for everybody, you know, people who are attempting pregnancy and not uh, in terms of long-term cardiovascular and bone health. And so putting yourself, optimizing yourself before pregnancy, I think is one of the best things that you can do, not just for pregnancy, but for your, you know, your long-term health outcomes, uh, which is important. And then also making sure that um, any, you know, chronic medical conditions that you may have are well controlled prior to attempting pregnancy. So if, if you have um, high blood pressure or diabetes, making sure that those conditions are well controlled uh, beforehand and um, that um, you, you're, the, the other thing is uh, making sure that you're supplementing with something that contains folic acid, which most prenatal vitamins do before you start attempting pregnancy as well. Yeah. That was something that was news to me, right? When I talked to my doctors, they were like, start taking those prenatal vitamins before you ever see a positive pregnancy test. Yes. So important info there. Yes. Very important. And I think is a, another one of those common misconceptions just in general, that that's um, something that's more important actually during pregnancy. And certainly there are things about a prenatal vitamin that are important during pregnancy, but the biggest thing is really uh, supplementing before, before you get pregnant to optimize health outcomes. Yeah. So let's say uh, someone out there gets that test and they're so happy, they're thrilled to see that they are in fact pregnant. What does care look like for a patient who is 35 and over compared to a younger patient? Are there any differences in how often they have to see their OBGYN or the types of screenings they have to get? Yeah. So if we think about what a, a typical OB appointment schedule looks like for an otherwise uncomplicated pregnancy, we typically are seeing women um, about once per month in the early phase of pregnancy through about 28 weeks of pregnancy. Uh, typical schedule is about every four weeks up until that point. 
at 28 weeks, we generally start to see people every two weeks until they get to 36 weeks, at which point we want to see them once a week until delivery. Other things that are typically included in a sort of routine OB schedule would be one or two ultrasounds, sometimes one early on to confirm pregnancy dating, and then one is typically performed around 18 to 20 weeks, just as a sort of a routine screening for anatomy. So that's, uh, that's sort of a typical schedule. Women who are over the age of 35 may be offered some additional um, screening, testing appointments, which may include an early um, visit with, or a consult perhaps with a maternal fetal medicine doctor who are physicians who are trained in uh, uh, complicated pregnancies or pregnancies that are at higher risk of complications. Um, they may also be recommended for one additional ultrasound later on in their pregnancy to monitor the growth of their baby. And then those women who are over the age of 39 in pregnancy may even be offered some additional uh, screening or testing during their pregnancy, which may include more frequent ultrasounds once a month to monitor their growth of the baby after they get to a certain point in pregnancy, as well as some additional appointments to come into the monitor, excuse me, come into the, the office to monitor their baby's well-being just because of some of the risks that um, that are present for those patients as they approach their due date later on in pregnancy. And just because knowledge is empowering and we want to get this out there for people that perhaps are in this situation, what are the risks involved with pregnancy uh, at this age? And I know you mentioned it's linear, right? It's not like at a certain yeah. age, things completely change, but as that age progresses, can you just share a little bit about the things that a doctor might be watching out for in a patient? Yeah, so we, we know that women who are um, 35 or older at the, at the time of their due date, which is how we categorize that, um, do have some increased risks with pregnancy. And those increased risks include things like an increased risk of miscarriage early on um, and an increased risk of ectopic pregnancy. Those are things that oftentimes there's not necessarily anything we can do to prevent. We just counsel patients on the signs and symptoms and things that we would want to know um, about to, to sort of decide if we need to evaluate for that. Um, women in this age category are also at increased risk of pregnancies being affected by genetic and chromosomal abnormalities, which are thought to be related to um, some of the, the, the ways that like an egg divides um, prior to ovulation. Um, that is impacted by, you know, the cumulative stress of aging. Um, they're also at increased risk of um, babies being affected by things like birth defects, like heart defects. And again, those are things that we, we can't necessarily prevent. It's just important for women to know that if they're considering pregnancy in that age range, that those are, those are things that they need to consider and will be offered additional screening and evaluation for. Women in this age range are also at increased risk of just some of the complications of pregnancy. So just about every complication related to pregnancy, there's an increased risk in this age category. So things like high blood pressure disorders of pregnancy and diabetes of pregnancy, which are things that we monitor for at, um, in, you know, during routine prenatal care. And then also at increased risk of uh, just 
in general in pregnancy of hospitalization, need for a C-section, um, and uh, things that may require some additional monitoring. So, um, you know, during prenatal care, when we're visiting with uh, pregnant patients, we talk about signs and symptoms that may be associated with some of these problems. We monitor things like blood pressure um, and take this all into consideration when we're talking about timing of our screening. And I do want to mention as the soon to be lead laborist of the Riley Maternity Newborn Health Tower, can you speak a little bit to the way that having resources for mom and baby all under one roof, especially perhaps a woman who may have some complications uh, in her pregnancy, how will this be helped by having everyone, all these specialists right there to help both the mother and the child after birth? Yeah. So, you know, we are, our field is unique in that we're um, oftentimes caring for two patients at the same time, you know, a mom and her, her baby. And um, we know that the data would suggest that when babies are born at a location where they can receive all the care they need and don't require a transfer, that they will have, will do better and have better outcomes after delivery. So we know there are benefits to to babies having access to that care um, immediately. We also know there are benefits to moms um, being close to their babies and um, being able to, you know, visit their infant when they may be critically ill or cared for in the, the NICU, um, or even just needing additional care that can't be provided right at the bedside in a normal newborn nursery. Um, so we're we're happy to be able to provide that that care for both moms and babies to help with those, those outcomes. Because sometimes some of these complications that we talk about that um, you know, people who are pregnant over the age of 35 can, can experience things like high blood pressure disorders and diabetes, um, those things sometimes necessitate early delivery. And so having access to the care that, that both moms and babies will need during that time is very important. Yeah. And when it comes to those screenings that you mentioned, can you just describe them in summary here about what additional screenings perhaps may be offered to this type of patient uh, to give them the details or things that they need to prepare for or watch out for during their pregnancy? Yeah, absolutely. So all women, regardless of their age, should be offered screening, and if they want, even diagnostic testing for things like genetic and chromosome problems in pregnancy. But it is certainly something that we highlight during prenatal care for patients who are over the age of 35 that because their, their risk for some of these things is higher than somebody who is younger, that it may be something that they want to consider more strongly because that's really a personal decision um, whether whether or not to find out that information. Um, so there are a variety of tests that are available that are considered um, you know, screening for some of these conditions. So there are blood tests that can be done early on in pregnancy um, that are considered uh, screening tests. And the diagnostic tests include things like um, amniocentesis, which samples some of the fluid around the baby to, to send off um, genetic and chromosome studies. Um, women who are in this age category may also, as I mentioned, be offered a referral to a maternal fetal medicine doctor to have a consultation about their risks so that they can decide if, if that testing um, or screening is something that they would want 
And then other routine screen screenings, which also apply to patients in this category, include screening for things like sexually transmitted infections and diabetes of pregnancy, which again is not necessarily our recommendations for those screenings are impacted by age, but patients in that category would also be getting those, those tests done during pregnancy. Yeah, good to know right there. And I just want to ask you, do you have any advice for perhaps a woman who is listening to this right now is nervous about moving forward or just has a lot of questions, some anxieties, which can apply to any, you know, first time mom or any expectant mother. Um, what words of advice do you have when it comes to age and pregnancy as they move forward? Absolutely. Yeah. I always tell patients that one thing I recognize as I'm having this conversation with them is that we talk about all of these things, which can sound scary and terrifying and we also fully recognize that, um, you know, we're talking about these things that are overall still unlikely to affect them, unlikely to impact them. But I just think it's important that patients are aware of these things beforehand so they can make the decision that's right for them. Um, I think just reassuring patients that once you're empowered with the knowledge that you need, I think that's, that's the most important thing to be able to make the decision that's right for you. Because it's hard for us to, to say like, well, what is, you know, what is the best thing for you? That's a, a very personal decision that patients have to make in the context of their life um, and their life circumstances. And just understanding that, um, you know, if you've, if you've had the chance to consider all of that information and you think that pregnancy is still something that is important in terms of your life goals, there are lots of things we can do to help you achieve that and help you have a safe and successful uh, pregnancy and delivery. That's great. Dr. Underwood, thank you so much for just sharing your insight with us about this. Is there anything else that I haven't brought up yet that you want to make sure we address for anyone that's listening out there that's just in this phase of life? Yeah, I think one thing that's important to remember is that your OBGYN is there to help guide you through lots of life decisions and um, if you're having questions about your specific situation or whether or not, you know, what risks specifically apply to you and what things you might need to consider that having a preconception visit with them is a, always a reasonable thing to do to make sure you're getting all the information you need and, and doing everything you can to set yourself up for success and start off a pregnancy or um, your next step in life on the, the best, in the best place possible. Yeah. Having all that information available to you is so great. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. You do the same. 